Well, again, if you walked in after uh, we started the service or if you're just joining us on podcast or uh, online, my name is Stuart Mazell. I'm the lead pastor here. Great to see all of you here, and thank you for those of you who are joining us online or on the podcast. We are continuing our series. Actually, this is the last uh, sermon of the series, Values, where we've been talking about what it is that we value and what it is God calls us to value. Today... It's kind of fitting because our first sermon in this series, we talked about where your treasure is, that's where your heart is also. And today we're going to be talking about the heart one more time. So we're kind of coming full circle. But the passage we're going to be looking at today is from Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 27. This is God's word. My son, be attentive to my words... Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance. For from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech. And put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet and then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Let me pray for us. Father, your word is truth. Give us, Holy Spirit, ears to hear. And not just ears to hear, but a heart that would receive. It's so easy. It's so easy for us to just kind of go through life not examining ourselves. But Jesus, because you are our king who died for us and rose from the dead for us, we we want to make sure that our hearts are right before you. And knowing that we can't really, in the final analysis, do anything about that, you have to be the one who's at work. But help us to take responsibility for our part and trust you for what you do. And may what we do today, as we listen to your word, as we listen to the sermon, as we hopefully listen to you, Holy Spirit, that we would leave here with refreshed hearts, with renewed hearts, and even for some of us, for new hearts. And we ask this, Jesus, in your name and for your glory, along with the Father and the Holy Spirit, our one true God. Amen. I know some of you already know this, but some of you don't. Back in 2012, I had one of those uh, health scares. I had this uh, tightness in my chest. Felt like there was pressure there. It was painful. And so uh, I went to an urgent care, and I said, 
I'm afraid I'm having a heart attack. They take that stuff seriously because within minutes, I was back in the back room and they had hooked me up to an EKG and they were testing me out. EKG came back fine, but they said, you know what, just because that came back fine, there still may be something going on with your heart. So they set me up for a stress test and an echocardiogram. Did both of those, passed with flying colors. I still remember sitting across from the doctor, him looking over the results, and he said, well, Mr. Mazzell, there's nothing in here that indicates that you've had a heart attack or you have any heart problems at all. In fact, it looks like you're fairly, you're, you're pretty healthy. You'll probably live a long and, and you know, good life. Now, you may leave here and get hit by a bus. I don't know why he said that. I guess he was just covering his bases. And then he said, have you, have you had any stressful events recently that may have caused you to have an anxiety attack? I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, actually I have. And that's when I learned that I have an issue with anxiety and have been making sure that I try to take care of that ever since. But my point isn't about the anxiety, my point is about the heart, that physical organ that pumps blood through your body. When you have something wrong with that organ, it's serious business. Serious business, and they take it seriously, and we take it seriously, because if something is wrong with your heart, it affects everything else one way or the other. Now that's true for the physical heart. It's also true for the metaphorical heart. The heart that we're talking about here in Proverbs chapter four. And throughout scripture actually, the, the metaphorical heart isn't that organ that pumps blood through your body, but it is that very center of your soul, that very center part of your being from which everything else flows. That's what the scriptures are talking about when it talks about the heart, usually. And the big picture idea of what we want to see today is this. God calls us to value the condition of our heart. God calls us to value the condition of our heart. I think God does want us to care for that organ that sits about right here in your chest, but he also, more importantly, wants us to look after that metaphorical part of us that they call the heart. And we see that spelled out very clearly in verse 23 of Proverbs 4. Keep your heart with all vigilance. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Some of you, if you know it in another version, you probably heard, guard your heart. Above all else, guard your heart. It's very important that we understand this and to take it seriously, just like those doctors took it seriously that day when I came in thinking something was wrong with my physical heart, we need to take our metaphorical heart seriously and see if there's anything in there that needs to get fixed. 
You know, in the scriptures, the heart gets a lot of press. If you were to read straight through the scripture and count how many times you see the word heart mentioned and the emphasis that's placed there, you'd probably be surprised at how often it shows up. And I could go through all those passages and we'd be here all day. We're not going to do that. But I do want to point out a few passages just real quickly to show you the importance here of that metaphorical center of your being. Jesus says in Luke 6, 45, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil for out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. Jesus is saying very clearly your heart is extremely important and if there's good there, good things come out. If there's bad there, bad things come out. Jesus also says in Matthew 15, 8, and he's talking about the religious people of his day, the religious leaders of his day, the Pharisees and the scribes, and he says this, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. We, as human beings, we like to look at the outside. We like to see how someone looks and behaves. We like to hear what their words say, and we go, oh, well, he must be a fine, upstanding citizen because he's dressed nicely and he acts accordingly in public and he says nice words, but it's possible that his heart is far from God and even far from you. He may just be blowing smoke when he says nice things about you, right? And then in Hebrews 3.12 we read, and this is very similar to the Proverbs 4 passage, take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. I would love to take all day and just expound on that, but we're not going to do that today either. But the point that I want to make today from this one passage is... It is possible to sit in these pews or listen at home and have an unbelieving heart that would lead you away from God. That's scary business. And that's part of what God says. It's important for us to guard our heart. It's important for us to keep our heart because whatever goes on in the heart is going to affect the rest of our life. And so, from this passage... From Proverbs 4.23, we see that diligently keeping our heart is important. It's vitally important because it is the control center of our lives. I don't know if you ever thought about it this way. But whatever the heart is, that center part of who you are, it is the control center. It is the control center of your life. Again, verse 23 says... Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. It's like whatever, is, whatever that heart is, that metaphorical heart, it is the center of your being, and everything else flows out of it. The heart is the center of operations, if you will, of your life. Our thoughts, our purposes... Our decisions, our emotions, our conscious, our desires, all of these things flow from our heart. 
And that's why the writer of the Proverbs here makes an emphasis. And I want to show you this. I'm going to try to do this quickly. But I want to show you this because it's, it's, it's really interesting how he pieces this together. In verse 20 he says, My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. He's saying, look, you need to listen to what I say with your ears. Verse 21, let them not, let these words not escape from your sight. Your eyes need to be involved in what you're doing, in listening to what I'm saying, in understanding what I'm saying. Verse 22, for they are life to all who find them and healing to all their flesh. Your whole body is affected by these truths that I'm trying to tell you. Verse 24, put away from, your crook, put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Your mouth is involved in this, and you need to make sure that what's coming out of your mouth is something that is good. Verse 25, let your eyes, here we emphasize eyes again, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. And then in verse 26 and 27, ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Even your feet are involved in what I'm saying. But at the center of it all, what you're hearing, what you're seeing, what you're speaking, what you're doing with your body, where your feet go is controlled by your heart. Verse 23 so keep your heart with all vigilance. For from it flow the springs of life. You can stop watching things on TV that may lead you astray, and still your heart would lead you astray. You can stop listening to things that may lead you astray, and your heart would still lead you astray. You can stop going places that would lead you astray and still go astray because of your heart. Do you see what I'm saying? You can kind of control all parts of your body, but what is most central about you is your heart. And if your heart is going astray, the rest of your body is going to go with you. That's just the way it is. And that's why this proverb writer says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Now, let me say, in preparing for this sermon, I checked out articles and books and other people's sermons to see what they said about uh, guarding the heart. And you'd be surprised at how often pastors apparently say, oh, you need to guard your heart. You need to keep your heart. You need to do this. You need to do this. This is important. And then they stop. They don't tell you how to do it. It's fascinating to me. So I was like, okay, I don't want to preach that sermon. So how do I help you? If you see the importance of keeping your heart, how do I help you? to help you keep your heart. And um, I know some of you remember uh, a year ago or so, I got on this acrostic kick. 
and I would give you acrostics. You know, we would have a word, and every word would stand for something else, and I was really excited about it, and nobody really said, well, we love these acrostics. So I dropped them. But um, during this week, as I was praying about thinking about what does keeping the heart require, this came to mind, and so I want to share it with you. Keeping your heart requires faith. F-A-I-T-H. It requires faith that we believe what God says about our heart. We believe what God says about our circumstances. We believe what God says about everything. So keeping the heart will require faith. But each one of these letters represents something else that I want to just kind of, again, massage in. What does it look like to keep our heart? And um, what I really wish I could do is uh, do this with the word pool, because I'm going to be talking about my pool a lot during this section of the sermon. But I could not figure a way of how to do pool as an acrostic. So faith works. Faith works better, actually. All right, so the first, keeping your heart requires frequency. Frequency. So when uh, my family moved into the house that we are in now, uh, we moved in partly because we, we liked the house, but we also liked the fact that it had a pool. I had no idea what keeping a pool was like. I've never had a pool in my life until now. And I will tell you, if you want to keep a pool, there has to be a lot of frequency in caring for that pool. Keeping a pool requires frequency of checking on it. It, How's the water level? Is there debris that needs to be removed? Is there debris in the pool basket? Is there debris in the pool itself? What's the pH level? What's the chlorine level? And it goes on and on and on. And you have to frequently check on those things. Same is true for your heart. We need frequency in checking in to see what is going on in there. Uh, some of you know that uh, today is uh, Donna and I is our 23rd anniversary, and um, it, because it's Sunday, we we're not celebrating exactly today. We celebrated yesterday. We went out to eat in a, in a nice place, and you know, just enjoyed spending some time together. But I will tell you this. If that's all we did in our relationship, once a year for our anniversary, let's check in, see how each other's doing, you know, tell each other we love each other, and that sort of thing, and then the rest of the year we don't do anything, how good do you think that relationship is going to be? <laughs> Adana will tell you it will not be good. And I, the same is true If you only check on your pool once a year, bad. If you only check on your heart once a year, bad. It's not good. Frequency. We need, if we're going to keep our heart, we need to have frequency. And I'm not going to tell you how frequent 
You need to check in with your heart because I don't know that for you. But I will tell you this, our sinful tendency is to check in with our hearts less than we need rather than more than we need. Okay? So just whatever, whatever place you land, you probably still need to check in more. <laughs> That's just the way it is. All right, so keeping our heart requires frequency. It also requires awareness. Awareness. If we're going to keep our heart, we need to be aware. Again, pool analogy. I can be frequent in going out in my backyard and checking on my pool. I can walk outside and glance at it, and I can go, oh, yeah, it looks fine, and then go back inside. And I can do that every day. In fact, I could do that several times a day. But if I were to test the water in the pool, I might find that it's not as good as it looks. Right? So awareness. We need to be aware not only just what's going on in the pool, but we need to be aware of what's going on in our heart. We can be frequent in checking in, but if we're not aware of what's going on in there, it's not going to do us a lot of good. We need to ask questions. What am I thinking? Why am I thinking that way? What am I feeling? Why am I feeling that way? And the list of questions can go on. You just need to kind of dig and find out what's going on with you. I do want to just give you this one caveat, though. <laughs> Being aware of what's going on in your heart can be really difficult because... I don't know if you know this or not, but we like to lie to ourselves. Oh, I'm fine. I'm, I'm doing great. Yeah, today, today's a good day. We say that to each other. We also say that to ourselves sometimes when things aren't going well. Because we tend to believe ourselves. Right? We may not believe anybody else, but we believe ourselves. And even when we're telling ourselves lies, we tend to believe ourselves. Even when we tell ourselves lies that are lies that say we're worse than what we really are, we still end up believing those things. Like, for, for example, when I tell myself, you're a terrible person, nobody loves you. That's a lie but I believe it. And that's why I have to constantly, with awareness, go, wait a second, that's not true. But I also need other people to speak into my life. Um, Paul knows this, and some of the staff members know this, that sometimes when they give me a compliment, I will say what I'm thinking in my head. They give me a compliment. Oh, that was the best sermon I've ever heard you do. And, I, and, and my first response will be, oh, so all the rest of my sermons were really bad. <laughs> and I do that not to be snarky. I do that to bring it into the light and let someone else laugh at it and go, that's not what I meant. And I go, I know that's not what you meant, but that's the way I receive it. And if I say it out loud, we get to see how foolish it is. And together, they help me deal with me. 
Does that make sense? So we need to be aware of those things. And so sometimes we need a trusted friend or a counselor or even praying, Holy Spirit, help me not to lie to myself but see the truth of what's going on in my heart. We need awareness. All right, so we need to move this along. Keeping our heart requires frequency, awareness, and it requires intentionality. Intentionality. Again, going back to the pool analogy, I can frequently go into my backyard and look at my pool. I can even be aware that there's a dead squirrel in my pool, which has happened numerous times. We have suicidal squirrels in our yard. I don't know what's going on there. But if I'm not intentionally saying I'm going to do something about what I see in the pool, it's not going to be helpful. Right? The same way is true with our heart checkups. We need to be intentional. If, if I'm checking in on a frequent basis and I'm aware of what's going on, but I go, you know what? I don't want to do anything with that. It's not going to help us. So, keeping our heart requires frequency, awareness, intentionality. And this is a big one. Time. Oh, time. I wish I had more time to talk about time. <laughs> pool analogy. I can go frequently outside in my backyard, look at my pool. And I can see that something is going on there. And I can even have the intentionality of trying to clean the pool. But if I only give it 30 seconds to clean up that dead squirrel, I can guarantee you it's not going to happen in that 30 seconds. A lot of us think if we just take a few minutes in the morning to read our Bible and pray that we've done our keeping our heart part. It takes time, people. It's not just frequency, it's not just awareness, it's not just intentionality. It takes time. You have to slow down and take the time to see what's in there. And once you see, start to see what's in there, you have to take the time. Sorry, let me change that. You have to make the time to deal with what's going on there. And sometimes that means you're going to have to say no to other things in order to deal with whatever's happening there. And I know, in our society, in our culture, we don't want to slow down. We want to go. We want to put the pedal to the metal and go, 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 go. Get as much stuff done as we can. But I'm telling you, if we don't slow down and start looking at our heart and spend the time that we need there, we are not following what God calls us to do according to this passage. It takes time. One more thing about time. I know we're almost out of it. I'm convinced that excessive busyness is a symptom of a heart that has lost its bearing. If we're too busy to spend time checking on the inner workings of our lives, then we're too busy... Or it just shows us that our heart is already focused on the wrong things. Take that for what it's worth. But it is what I believe about all of us. So we need frequency, we need awareness, we need intentionality, we need time. And the last one, this is going to be one of those ones you're going to be like, really? 
Humility. Humility. You want to keep your heart well, you've got to humble yourself. Again, pool analogy. We got this house with this pool, and I thought, I got this. No problem. I know I've never had a pool before, but I can figure this out all on my own. And you know what that first couple of months was like? It's like, what is wrong with my pool? Why is it turning green? Why is it turning brown? Why has it got all these different colors in it? What am I doing wrong? I, I had that pride that I can handle this on my own without asking for help from others. So I started asking for help. And now the pool looks much nicer. Well, now the pool is covered, so it looks even better because I can't see it. But usually the pool looks pretty nice because we have looked after it by asking for help. Same is true for our hearts. I have a responsibility before God. I have the responsibility before God to keep my heart. But if I think I can do that all by myself without any help from you or any help from God, I am fooling myself. And I am setting myself up for a world of trouble. We need other people. We need someone to show us our blind spots. We need someone to help us dig through all that inner stuff to find out what's going on because we can't figure it out on our own. We need someone to help us when we're believing a lie, a lie that we've told ourselves, a lie that we believe because we're the ones who are telling it. In fact, I believe this so strongly that I've started, to, I've started to think that if you're going in the ministry and you don't have a counselor, you need to get on that right away. Even if it's not a professional counselor, you need someone that you can share what's really going on inside you and they can go, okay, let's talk through this. Because life is hard Ministry is hard, and the evil one will use whatever he can to go after your heart. So in order to keep your heart, you have to have a sense of humility of saying, I can't do this on my own, I need help. Yes, I need to be frequent. Yes, I need awareness. Yes, I need intentionality. Yes, I need time, and I need the humility to be able to do this. Now, all of that puts a lot of weight on us, right? Let me tell you the dream I had last night. This is really weird, and this gives you a, 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 a part of my inner workings, I guess. But I had a dream last night that I, I, I preached a sermon. Not this one, but another one. I was in another place preaching this sermon, and there were other pastors in the room. And I preached, and I preached my heart out. And at the end of the sermon, I thought, I did, yeah, I did a pretty good job. That's pretty good. And then someone came up, one of the pastors in the room came up to me and said, you know what, Stuart, that was a good sermon, but you missed Jesus. And I was devastated in my dream, absolutely devastated by that, because I thought, what's the point of me doing this if I miss Jesus? And so, folks, here is what you need to hear. All of that is important. 
Faith is important, but it's faith in a person that is most important. And while all our heart-keeping efforts are important, and they are, we ultimately need the grace of God in Christ applied by the Spirit for real heart health. If you want real heart health, you need the grace of God. You can't do it on your own. You can't do it on your own. I can't do it on, our own, on my own. I need God's grace and Christ applied to my life by the Holy Spirit. You know, the religious leaders of Jesus' day, they thought that they could do it on their own. I bet they had Proverbs 4.23 memorized. They could probably quote it like that. But Jesus said of them, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness. Do you see, when we try to make our religion be the thing that saves us, be the thing that changes us, what we end up doing is looking good on the outside, and on the inside, we're dead. I don't want that for me, and I don't want that for you. I don't want that for anyone. What do we need to make sure that we don't do that? Psalm 51.10 Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. That's what we need. God who hears that prayer and says, yes, I will renew you. I will give you a clean heart. In fact, that's my promise in the Gospel. Ezekiel 36, one of the most beautiful passages in all Scripture where God promises, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put in you and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my ways and my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. And Jesus picks this up in, in Hebrews 8.10. He's the mediator of this covenant and He says, For this is the covenant that I make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts. And I will be their God. And they shall be my people. You know what I need more than anything? For God to write His ways on my heart. My heart. That's what I need. Remember me talking about how I've been, I had to deal with anxiety all the way back from 2012 when I found out that my heart attack was really a stress attack, an anxiety attack. Remember that? I was trying to keep my heart, my physical heart, by going to the doctor. What I wasn't doing very well was keeping my metaphorical heart was allowing myself to go down paths that caused me great anxiety and stress 
And what I needed was the Holy Spirit to do something in me. And that's where this passage, Philippians 4, 6 through 7, was helpful. I do have a little caveat here. Just hold on. Do not be anxious about anything. Now, I had this conversation with one of you this week. I'm the type of person, I hear that and I go, oh, don't be anxious about anything. I'm anxious about everything. I'm already blowing it. And I can beat myself up with that. And maybe that's like what you are. But I want you to hear this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. In other words, don't try to rely on yourself to get out of your anxiety mess. Go to God. Pray about it. And listen to this. And this is beautiful in light of what we just read from Proverbs 4.23. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You want your heart guarded by something? You want your heart kept by something? There's nothing better than the peace of God in Christ to keep your heart, to guard your heart. That's what we all need. And finally, as I'm thinking about that dream I had last night and pointing us to Jesus, Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one who died for our sins and rose from the dead so that we would have life and have it to the full, he says in John 7, 38, whoever believes in me, As the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. That's what I want. I want that living water of Jesus flowing out of my life. I want that living water of Jesus flowing out of your life and your life. And those of you who are joining us online, I want the life of Jesus to be in us all. That's what I long for. And that means the frequency that we have of keeping our heart is going to Jesus. Be frequent to run to Jesus. The awareness that we need is that I need Jesus. Apart from Him, I can do nothing. The intentionality is not just looking after my heart, but going to Jesus and finding my all in Him. It's time spent with Jesus, not just navel-gazing, not just looking at my heart and saying, oh, look at all the mess in there. It's taking one look at Him, at, at me, and then taking five looks at Jesus and go, isn't Jesus beautiful and wonderful? It's humility to bring all that nasty junk that I find in my heart that I really want to hide and say, okay, Jesus, here's my heart. Do with it as you will. And knowing that Jesus, he loves to clean up hearts. He loves it. And he will do it. So your action point, by the power of the Spirit, be vigilant in keeping your heart. And that vigilance 
is found in Jesus. Don't try to do it on your own. Go to Jesus. So let's rely on Christ as we work diligently to keep our heart. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, here's my heart. Take and seal it. Seal it for your courts above. Holy Spirit, would you please work in each one of us that my heart, their heart, would be captured by your grace and your love in such a way that we would be transformed and we wouldn't want our hearts to go any further than the boundaries that you set for us. Would you help us to do that, Lord Jesus, by your Spirit, for the glory of Father, Son, and Spirit, our one true God. Amen.